Welcome to the Pursuing Life Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Kirsch. Each week, I'll be sitting down with people from the Calvary Church family to hear stories of what God is doing in, around, and through them as they take intentional steps to pursue life in Jesus Christ. We believe that storytelling is powerful. God has made himself known to us through the stories of the Bible. Jesus told parables or small stories to teach kingdom lessons to his followers. And God continues to write stories of his goodness and faithfulness through the lives and experiences of his church, everyday believers, ordinary people, just like you and me. Today, we are continuing in our Can You Relate series. Every day, we relate to others in various ways and on various levels, and the Bible has a lot to say about our interactions. So over these next several weeks, our goal is to celebrate the work that God is doing in and through relationships. We'll cover obvious topics like marriage, friendship, and parenting, but we'll also hear stories about singleness, co-working, and how to relate to those of different generations. It's our hope that as you listen to stories of how God is at work in others, that you'll see a glimpse of yourself in those stories and that you too will be encouraged to love God by loving those he's placed around you. It's our desire as a church to continue to tell and hear stories that celebrate God's work. And we wanna hear your story. If you have a story that you feel the Lord is prompting you to share, you can fill out our story form at calvarychurch.org slash share a story. We would love to celebrate the work that God is doing in and around you. Today, we're joined by Carrie Sangri and Liz Rodriguez, who are here to talk to us about singleness. This can be a tricky topic to cover because it can sometimes come with a stigma and cultural connotations that can be difficult to unpack. But as people pursuing life in Christ, we know that this is true. We are all called to community and to do life with one another. So Liz and Carrie are here to talk about how God has used singleness in their lives and what he's taught them about what it means to relate well to the people he's placed around them. This is a conversation for all of us, regardless of our marital status, because as you'll hear these ladies share, God is still the same good God, no matter our season or circumstances. So let's jump right into this conversation with Liz and Carrie. Okay, so... The first thing that I would love to do is have you each introduce yourselves so that those listening can differentiate between the two of you and learn a little bit about you so that they have some context for where we're going in this conversation. So Yeah, for sure. So I'm Liz Rodriguez during the day. I'm the director of women's ministry here at Calvary, which is such a privilege. I'm born and raised in Texas, so I still call it home. I probably will forever. I don't think there's a time in which I've been here so long. I don't say y'all. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so <true. laughs> I'm going to keep it going strong. But yeah, that's like kind of who I am right now in this season is getting to be a part of equipping the women here to study God's word and take their next steps in their discipleship journey. So it's a privilege for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm Carrie and I have come to Calvary. I think it's close to 15 years. Wow. Um, I came to Lancaster for college and went to LBC, shout out there. And I started attending when I came to LBC. I am a teacher, love it. I always have dreamed to be a teacher. And so I feel like I'm living out a dream every day. And yeah. Yeah. 
just start off right off the bat, I would love for you both to talk a little bit about why are we here? We're in the middle of a series on relationships. So why on earth are we talking about singleness in the middle of a relationship series? And why is it important to have this conversation? I actually was thinking a lot about why why it's important and what's it look like for a single woman to be in the church. And I think that that is something that sometimes can be overlooked mm. and misunderstood, not necessarily in a negative. I think that there's joy in singleness. Uh, and so I think I'm just encouraged to sit down and have this conversation. I have a lot of conversations about singleness because I'm in that season and have been in that season for quite a few years. And so I'm just excited to kind of share that conversation with people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And at the end of the day, we were all created for relationships. Like we see that in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And, and so even in a season of singleness, like we still live in the midst of a lot of relationships that just look different than our married friends. And I'm with Carrie, like been single, like not married my whole life and serve on staff at a church. And that's just a weird dynamic. There's not a lot of me's out there in the world. Mm -hmm. And, and yet there's value that we bring to the table as single men and women to say, even in the midst of a relationship series, like you should be in relationship with us, not necessarily like dating, but in relationship <laughs> right. with us to because we're part of the body. And as image bearers, we add value to the conversation. And so I'm excited to know that we like go to a church that values singles enough mm. to say, hey, in the midst of this series, there's a place for you around the table to speak into what this looks like for us. Yeah, 100% agree with that. So whether by circumstance or by choice, there are a lot of singles out there. Everybody's in a different season. So would you just each tell me a little bit about some of the work that God has done in your life that has led you to the season that you're in right now? Yeah, definitely. I would say... I entered college just really thinking I would graduate with that MRS degree. That mm -hmm. that just it's just what it's what it's just what I knew. Mm -hmm. It's who Southern women are. At yeah. least that's what I thought they were. And I left college heartbroken, severely heartbroken mm -hmm. by a guy that I thought life was just going a different way than he thought it was. And uh, through that, had to do a lot of healing and a lot of processing, laying down unspoken expectations, laying down the reality that I'm not sure he would say he left college heartbroken. And mm -hmm. so what does that look like when you're forgiving someone who doesn't think they need to be forgiven and, and then entered a season of like healing? And I... I think that was kind of more of a choice. And that's been a, a true statement for me a couple of times in life where I've just known, hey, like for this season, like the answer is singleness. And then there's other seasons where you're like, God, you want to bring someone along? I'm here for it. Like, let's plant <laughs> those roots and let's figure out what it looks like to be somewhere long term. Uh, but part of my journey includes that heartbreak and then really includes pursuing the Lord, knowing that since I was little the seed I have at Calvary has been the seed I've been praying for mm. and was just like, that's the lane I know I'm supposed to run in. Mm -hmm. And currently that means running single. So, yeah. So I was very similar to Liz, not the heartbreak in college, but just the expectation that I was going to 
graduate college with the MRS degree mm. and being in a family that siblings got married young, parents got married young. It was just what I thought was going to happen. And that did not. And so I think that was an interesting, as I graduated and kind of all of a sudden, wait a second, this is not what I expected it to look yeah. like after graduation and then starting to really wrestle with the why it didn't happen. Is it something with me? And and then, you know, you can just go down a very deep, scary rabbit hole that should not. Don't uh, do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think though it brought to light a lot of, you know, completely relying on the Lord and learning that just beginning to learn that life doesn't look the way that you think it's going to look. And so I think there's, there's like Liz said, like there's seasons where I'm like, I'm so thankful that I'm Mm -hmm. single. Like I know this is what I'm asked to do right now. Mm -hmm. And then there's other seasons where I'm like, why? (laughs) Like, can we make this happen now? Um, (laughs) And, um, and it's been interesting to journey the last four years have been a challenge through the death of my mom and a, a journey, cancer journey with her and, and then my own medical things. And so that's been interesting too, to, to navigate as a single as mm-hmm. well to, you know, in those hard, hard moments, what does that look like when you don't have a person? I definitely, I'm not lacking relationship, but not having that person to journey through it did look very different. And so I think it's that choice in those moments to say, God is, God is good. Yeah. So you both kind of talked a little bit about like expectations. Liz, you expected how you left college to look different than it did. And then Carrie, you expected in a different way to be married and have kids and things like that. So how do you manage the tension of this is not what I expected this to look like with God is still good. How do you reconcile that thinking through some of these experiences that you've been through, whether they've been hard or really good? Ultimately, I think it's a choice. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's an active choice to say, this doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you why I'm single. I can't tell you why any of us are, but that doesn't change who God is. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. His consistency. Yeah, his, mm-hmm. his faithfulness is, and and so it doesn't, it doesn't change who he is. And so I think that that's been something that I've had to come to realize mm-hmm. that it doesn't look the same, but I know he's good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it's a choice, I think. Yeah. And I and that choice is like sometimes really easy to yes. be like, yeah, he's good. And then there's other days where I'm like, are I know you are. Yes. But are you? And for me, I remember in high school reading – Psalms 145, 8 and 9, which says, The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. And it wasn't really until like my late 20s and still being single in my late 20s, which is different than 22 single Liz and even now single Liz, and really thinking like, do I believe this? Like Mm. if I firmly believe that the Lord is abounding in steadfast love, that means even in this season that I grew up as a church girl, like my dad was a pastor I in church culture. I like, am I wrong? Like it just sometimes seems to favor married people, whether that's true or not. There just seems to be this like, why aren't you married type vibe happening in the big C 
church as a whole. Mm -hmm. And so I had to wrestle with like, do I still believe you're good if you never give me the thing that I deemed good? And so what does it look like when up till this point, we're 35 years in, if you didn't know how old I am, now you all do. (laughs) Um, What does it look like when he said no to the thing that I for so long was like, that's the epitome of a yes, God, is two rings on my left ring finger. Like, what does it look like when that's not there? And I'm with you fully, Carrie, that like every day I wake up and say, do I believe you're good? And the answer is yes. And some days that yes is hard, but it always comes back to the fact that he's constant. So the answer still is yes. I think it was also a change too for me to say, you know, I always, I feel like I was hoping for that next thing as Christmas came around or birthdays came around. I'm like, I'm still in the same status, like nothing changed. And then, you know, that would start the the questioning and to say, you know what, my hope is not in my future husband. Right. Yeah. My hope is not that marriage status. That hope mm-hmm. isn't those two rings on your finger. Mm-hmm. The hope is in Christ. That's so mm-hmm. good. And, and so not to diminish the feelings that there are days that are hard. Right. There's days that the longing is strong, mm-hmm. um, but that hope that we have in Christ is still there. And it, whether the answer is always no to that heart desire, that doesn't change, right. that that hope is still. I always ask mm-hmm. myself, like, where are my eyes set? Mm-hmm. Are they set on him? Because mm-hmm. if they're set on God, then my hope isn't resting in any earthly circumstance. So whatever it might be that we're waiting for that's next, but rather it's focused on who he is. And with that just comes a level of confidence that waiting for anything here on earth will never provide. So talking about relationships, you both have said you don't lack relationships, even if you're not in a dating relationship or a married relationship. So as a single person, what are the most important relationships in your life? And what do those relationships look like? I go to family right away. I have the privilege, which I know Dear Liz, you do not at this stage, but it's fine. Uh, Your family can live here. I, <laughs> that's true. I should have prefaced that before I finished that statement. Um, so I have family locally, and so right away I think of of family and just that being the sister, the aunt, and the daughter is the most important to me. Mm-hmm. The the constant in my life, and so I, I think specifically of my sister and just that she is always a phone call away. Mm. Uh, she's never afraid to to ask those hard hard questions. She's not afraid to listen. And even though she might not understand it, she's willing to listen mm-hmm. and kind of meet me where I'm at, even though, you know, she's married three kids 10 years older than I am, but yet she's willing to s- stop and listen to to what's happening in my life as well. But I also think through how important I think then single friends as well in mm-hmm. that and, or having friends in general in, in your season. And mm-hmm. so for me, of course, that's singleness. And so just there's an element that you don't need to explain when you are talking to them right. uh, and they get and understand. But then I also think kind of something I've been thinking about right now is uh, what's it look like to have those relationships outside of singleness, outside mm-hmm. of family yeah, as intentionally getting a different perspective, which I know as Calvary as a whole is, is that intergener- intergenerational, 
intergenerational. I <laughs> uh, didn't know that was such a hard word to say. Um, <laughs> days. Uh, and, and so, you know, you can learn and glean so much from, from those relationships as, as well. So yeah. I think those categories are really like solid in terms of like family, friends in your same season, and then others that God just has brought in. In the decision to like move up here and take this position meant my closest like immediate family member is at like a six hour plane ride or an 18 hour car ride away. And so Mm -hmm. there isn't that, oh, I can just pop in to someone. And one of the things I think God has shown me in this season is just the importance of people who just know your history, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean they've journeyed that history with you because- I'm in a season where like I knew one person in Lancaster, Pennsylvania before I moved up here, kind of through social media. So like <laughs> not even like, yes, we're like such good friends. We've had coffee. Like, no, not at all. And so, but there's still such value in like really good community here that looks really different relationally than what I thought life would look like at this point. But there are those people to call. And when they don't know the history, they ask, hey, why is this hurtful for you? Like, why are, why are you leaning into your emotions right now and not into who God is? Or what what has helped in the past? Or those are all negative situations. But even the rejoicing things, too, in terms of, like, who do you celebrate with? And mm. what does it look like to go first and shoot the text that says, I'm free. Can anyone hang out and be willing to, like, step into relationships with people that aren't maybe what you thought life was going to look like, but are so valuable and there's so much depth. And I think that's one of the like privileges mm-hmm. of singleness. That, I like, agree with that. We just can. Like mm-hmm. I can shoot that text out and be like, what are we doing? Like, let's figure it out. Right. I can be flexible. So I think that's important. Yeah. I would have to say I do. I do appreciate that freedom. Yeah. Uh, that I would say is a perk. A there big are single. A few perks. There are some, there are some perks. It's not all negative. Yeah. Um, we maybe painted that way. No, not. not all negative by any means. Yeah. Um, and no, I think that flexibility and and that spontaneity, I think, is is definitely a perk, and and sometimes it needs to be looked at as a gift as well that we can kind of. And I think we all need relationships because mm-hmm. if my married friends only hung out with their spouse. I just think they might get tired of each other at some point. I, I got I must, tired of my roommate at some point. And I get that it's different. But am I alone? Maybe my thinking. No, no okay. I think you're solid so in I that. So I think we all need these relationships. It's just that ours, we have a different level of flexibility. There's a different layer of like how many I can maybe handle because I have more time than mm-hmm. other people do in different seasons. But I just think relationships, like we all need them. So we're all in them. I think it also takes a little bit more intentionality on our part though too. Because you can become a hermit pretty quick if there's not texts being sent or there's not, you know, a weekend. You've got to think about your weekend. Right. And like literally last Friday, I was like, here are your options, Liz. You can sit at home alone or you can text your girlfriends from church. Like those are the two things. So you can feel awkward and uncomfortable and shoot the text. Mm Mm-hmm. And then have so much fun downtown in the rain, or you can sit at home alone. <laughs> like, really great food. So yeah, great food. But there's still that intentionality of like, I just am going to send it because how do I know everyone's busy? And the enemy likes to creep in and be like, you're the only one. Mm-hmm. You're home alone. They all have plans. 
No one's going to respond to your text, whatever it might be. So to like shut those lies down and send the text. Well, that was going to be my next question. And Carrie, you kind of touched on it a little bit is what does intentionality look like and why is it important to be intentional? Because you could also flip the script on what you just said, Liz, and very easily fill up all of your time with fun things and people and Not relationships. <laughs> Me? Never. But I, I do think that there are some people out there like you who just love to be around people. And um, and I think that there's a balance there. So can you talk a little bit about what intentionality looks like, not just with relationships, but even with how you spend your time in this season? What has God taught you about that as you've journeyed through this? Yeah, that's actually something I've been thinking about a lot recently okay. because there is the yeah. gift of time. And as a teacher headed into summer, I even have more time. Um, and so, yeah, what does it it look like? Because there's not always accountability for that time either. Right. And and so it's very easy to fall into either just patterns of being too busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely had seasons of that where I was not home. Uh, and then if I was home, I crashed because I had been on the go for so much. And so now kind of saying, what do I need? Yeah. Um, you know, am I spending time? Do I, do I have enough time to spend time in the word? Do I have enough time? Which is funny. I'm sure some people are listening and going, you're single, you have time, <laughs> but it's amazing how quickly that time disappears, whether it's because you are intentionally being with people because mm-hmm. that people are not necessarily in your home. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're intentionally yeah. needing to, to carve out that time to look for that. So I think it's, it look, has looked very different for me depending on, I feel like I kind of go back and forth between right. spending all my time out and all your time in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. It's good. Social life or a hermit. Either one. Either one. I'm like it. Yeah. I remember, I'll never forget, I was fresh out of college in a car with like some single friends and a married guy. And he said, the thing I have going for me that you don't is that I can always say no because of my wife. So if I don't want to, I can be like, no, me and her, we're hanging out. And no one questions that. No one questions the no because they're like, oh, you should go spend time with your wife. That's mm-hmm. like really great. And and for me in that moment, I thought, no, that means my no is just as valuable as anyone else's no. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, sometimes I can enter a Monday and realize that my next free night isn't until Sunday and be like, oh, you did it. You said yes to everything. Probably not the healthiest decision. But it also gives me the freedom to say, hey, like, if this is what God's calling me to right now, then there are some things that get a no relationally because of him deserving my best yes. Mm -hmm. And so that looks like I now I try to be strategic with how many nights out am I not at home at like a a time in which I could cook dinner, not that I want to cook dinner, but I could (laughs) cook dinner or like just the, like I just try to be conscious of it and think through and like a younger single Liz just would have been like, I have seven nights a week. I can do whatever I want. And now I'm like, that wasn't necessarily a great season of life. Mm -hmm. Like no one got the best version of you because you wanted everyone to have part of it. And now I'm more strategic in what do what nights can I go out? When am I feeling depleted? What does it look like to stay in? And knowing that I have the ability to hold myself accountable 
And even bringing people into that to be mm-hmm. like, we can hang out, but didn't you have like four things this week? And for me, it's uh, it's having relationships where I've given people permission to call me out on stuff like that, which I think a healthy marriage does. That, mm-hmm. And I just don't have the person being like, babe, you haven't been here four nights in a row. Like, what are you doing? And so I just tell myself, like, self, you haven't been home four nights in a row. Like, what are you doing here? And then I, I try to go home and live life at home. So, yeah, I think it definitely ebbs and flows, but there's been a permission given to be like, no, and the no is fine. I don't – the no could mean I want to sit on my couch, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. If that's what you need, that's okay. Right, yeah. Don't yeah. just binge watch Netflix, but <laughs> – yeah. I think, Liz, what you were saying, though, you gave permission for people to say that in your life. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important as a single as well, because you don't have the spouse that would, you know, say those things to you. Mm-hmm. And so I think giving permission to friends or family, depending yeah. on what, right. to allow that and to be willing to hear it is a big part because you don't have that other person that can point out your flaws um, <laughs> or point out your good things Great too. Things too. Yeah. Um, yep. But I think that that's in part of that intentionality is also with relationships saying, I want to hear what I should be doing better. Mm-hmm. Or do you see these things in my life? Or this is what I am working on. Right. Can you help me? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm just thinking as you were talking, I feel like the enemy wants us to think the grass is greener on the other side always. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when I've talked about singleness in the past, like my married friends will come up and be like, it's actually a good thing that like you can just make all your decisions on your own. And I always joke that I'm like, actually, I'd love someone to hand me a monthly budget and be like, this is all you get. Like when it's gone, it's gone. Like here we are. And so I'm like, that's just quick of the enemy to be like, wherever you are, it's always easier to paint the picture greener. And so what does it look like to like focus where God has you and Mm -hmm. be like, how do I make this grass really green? And that intentionality, that giving permission, that setting boundaries is ways that God has taught me like, hey, make where you are the like, this is where I want you. So therefore, this is the best place for you to be. Right. It's like that old adage, comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. So, I mean, can you talk a little bit about comparison and the trap that the enemy sets in that? Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that was actually a pivotal part of how um, I kind of became in a good place with singleness. Interesting. Because I think it was when I finally realized Mm -hmm. the grass is not greener on the other side, Mm -hmm. that married friends were still having some of the same feelings I have. Yes. You know? Loneliness marriage is, doesn't take loneliness. No, away. yeah, yeah. yeah. Marriage does not take loneliness away. Marriage doesn't fix your sin nature, right? And so I think that that was a huge part when I all of a sudden said, "Hold on, this is something I've been looking for." And so then, in my idealistic mind, that as soon as I achieve that marriage, as soon as I have that husband, then X, Y, and Z is going to disappear. And the reality is that is not the case. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, yeah, and having that mindset when you get that thing, you're just going to replace it with the next thing. And so there's something about the laying down of comparison to say, I I actually don't want to compare myself at all. Like mm-hmm. I want to rejoice in who God has created you to be and the life that he has you at. And I want to champion you well in hopes that you're championing those around you well. 
because then I'm not waiting for the next thing to fill my bucket and then live until I'm depleted again. But instead, I'm like, no, these things aren't filling me. God is. And therefore, I can champion those around me with such ease. I was at an ice cream place one time. Sometimes I like vividly remember things in life. We were eating <laughs> Froyo, the weight of my heart. And we, she was like, how are you so content with singleness? And I like, I would have at the time would have said I wasn't. And Mm -hmm. so the fact that she was asking, I was like, I'm doing it wrong because I had put up this facade of like, I'm great. Like life is so good. I've got it. And it wasn't until I was willing to get real that then some of my married friends were able to be like, oh, praise the Lord. It is not always great. And then like we're both in these real conversations Mm -hmm. where that like wall falls where you're like, oh, we're not idolizing one another's season in life, but rather we're just having real relationships and processing what God's teaching us. And that was really helpful for me. Mm, Yeah. I recently did a study on Hannah and the, the verse that talks about how her enemy provoked her, uh, referring to Panina. When you, when you break down that word in the Hebrew it basically means like her female adversary provoked her. Hmm. Do you feel like this is an issue that is harder for women than it is for men? I would say, and this is just my personal answer, that growing up in church culture, mm-hmm. it was it's a guy's role to do all of the pursuing. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to say you could change your situation. Like, And I don't know if that's necessarily true, mm-hmm. but it's definitely what the environment or the umbrella that I grew up under was sit and wait and he will pursue you. So when guys would see single guys, they'd say, hey, get on it. Like, go ask a girl out. Does she love Jesus? Can she pay her bills? Like, go ask her out. And that just wasn't always the message communicated to girls. It was a lot of like, you don't want to look like a flirt. Be cautious. And so I don't I don't know. I mean, obviously, I can't speak for them. But I know that in my background, it was always like a well, you need to just wait. Mm. And and that model just was hurtful, I think, in the long run. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I would say the same, that the part where it's easy, easier for women, I think, in general to compare. Yeah. I think it's just kind of right. a little bit potentially of how we're wired. I also can't speak. (laughs) (laughs) None of us can. None of us can. Um, But Liz, what you were saying of just, yeah, like they can change it in in what, you know, kind of how culture is. They can change it where we were told to sit and wait. And so they kind of have more control. (laughs) That's it. Which I think may just be alive. Like I want, that sounds so weird. I want a guy to pursue me. Don't hear me wrong. I don't want you to hear me say, like, I don't want to be pursued. I would love to be pursued and someone be like, hey, let's go grab coffee that like I'm I'm so in. I just think I grew up in purity culture. That's the season I was in. And coming from the South, it was deep. Purity culture was deep down there. Uh, The church I went to in high school was one of the churches that first ever did true love weights like nuts. And so. I've had to do a lot of saying like, God, what of what of this is from you? And mm. what of this are, is like perceived that isn't necessarily biblical? Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. So going back a little bit to what your relationships look like within the church, community is obviously huge. Mm-hmm. So 
what is the importance of community and where do you find it? And what have you learned about finding your community in a season of singleness? There is time, and I've talked to quite a few uh, single friends that I feel like every single person kind of goes through the dark years. I don't know if you would agree <laughs> with this, Liz. Um, but I have just, no idea what you're talking about. I know. I was like, I don't think we've ever actually talked about this. Um, where there's just seasons where the community isn't there, mm-hmm. whether it's you're still trying to navigate it, you're trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And some of it, I think, can be age. Some of it can just be kind of circumstantial. Right. And so I think that there is that time where it's easy to have those where there isn't much community, mm-hmm. which I think is not even just potentially a single thing. Um, I yeah. think it's... Yeah. Once they go through dark years. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I think it's... There's been community in, in a variety of different ways. I This... My current season, I intentionally joined study and share women's bible study (laughs) on wednesday night um and for that just knowing that every wednesday night to sit down with a group of women and discuss god's word yeah um and and hear great teaching and so like that has been a huge blessing Mm. currently just to kind of rub Mm -hmm. shoulders with different women um, in different seasons honestly i would say like one of the things God is teaching me now. So I'm 16 months in. If Carrie's been here for 15 years, I've been in Lancaster for like 15 months. And so one of the things I left was really good single girlfriends. Mm. And honestly, I'm, I mourned it a lot when I moved here. I still mourn it, which isn't to say I don't have great community here because I do. And, but it just looked really different down there. And what the Lord has been teaching me is that there's not this one size fits all for like, once you've had good community, then for the rest of your life, it's going to look exactly like that forever. He said, like, as we've, we, me and the Lord have been processing this. He's just gently reminded me like, Hey, that was good for that season. And in this season, your community looks like a variety of friend groups and a variety of ages and a variety of seasons of life. And it may be sweeter if you're willing to open your eyes to it. Mm. And so I've just had to do a lot of being like, God, open my eyes to your goodness Mm -hmm. because I know life in communities where you want me and I don't want to miss it because I'm sad or because I feel like I lost, quote unquote, something when if you're good and you're loving and you're slow to anger and abounding in love in time, there will be community here if I'm willing to look for it. And there is because I have both of you. Hi. (laughs) I want to piggyback off of that a little bit. This is kind of a three-part question. What do you want your married friends to know, first of all? How have you seen your married friends love you really well? And what are some ways that you have sought to love your married friends really well? I I want my married friends to know that there's value in all seasons Mm, and that there's in all of them. Like we're two girls sitting here who are never married, but there's also singles that look different. There's widows. There's widows who don't want to get remarried. There's divorce. There's like a lot of different ways that you can end up single. Mm -hmm. And there's value in all of that. Like in all of these seasons, God prayerfully is working in our lives. And so because of that, we are valuable to one another. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I think the reminder that like there is a gift in singleness and there's also sorrow in singleness Mm. that, and depending on the day, you might get a different answer. Mm -hmm. And I think just the willingness to sit in those moments uh, and the willingness to ask and the willingness to, to know that it, our feelings might change (laughs) depending on the day and that, yeah, it's not all roses, but it's not all bad either. Right. Right. And there's, we're also in this like weird generation where for like the big C church, we're kind of the first of single, never married in our like mid thirties. And so there's just value in getting to know mm-hmm. uh, me and my mom are so close and she'll sometimes be like, I just, I just don't know what you're going through because I was married at 24. And so when you're having these days, I don't have advice. And I echo what Carrie said, like, I don't really need advice. I just need someone to sit with Mm -hmm. just as you would want someone to sit with you if you're mourning a season of life that you're walking through. Mm -hmm. There's value in that greatly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it occurs to me as both of you are talking, these are very normal feelings for people who even aren't single. Right. You could be walking through anything that's difficult or even some days feel like, okay, no, this is really good and still change from day to day or still just want somebody to be there with you. And so it's almost like you're saying, I just want my married friends to know that I'm not that much different than you. I was just going to say that as you were talking of saying we're the same. Yeah. Like, yes, our, our marital status is very different and life does look very different, but yet when it boils down to it, we have the same feelings and we are processing life Similarly, yeah, we have the um, same God. Exactly. Who, at the end of the day, as we're sitting around a table or at a coffee shop or having a conversation over insert whatever, mm-hmm. that we're if we're like in scripture and talking about it, we're processing the same things. And so our viewpoints might be different, but they're both valuable. And honestly, oftentimes we're going to come to the same conclusions. Yeah. 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 Have you seen your married friends love you well? Yes. I asked permission to tell this story because recently I moved here and immediately everyone told me I needed to be friends with Tammy McDaniel, who is also on staff here. And I think it's just because she's from Oklahoma and I'm from Oklahoma, like I'd moved here from Oklahoma. Right. I don't count Oklahoma as home. Tammy does. I feel like that's a big difference <laughs> that might not matter to anyone, but it's there. But um they host like a family Valentine's dinner mm-hmm. that like her, her kids, they're all there. And she was like, do you want to come? And I like walked in and she had bought those like mega Valentine's cards, the big <laughs> ones that are like the size of your torso for oh, everyone. And in my head, I was like, don't cry when you don't get a Valentine. Like, mm. it'll, and I'd kind of been prepared that maybe I would, but there's still that moment of like, I'm not really in the family. Right. This could be awkward if everyone in the family bought Valentine. And then I get there and she had bought me one and wow. she had like signed it. And just, I just think of that moment and think like, that's not every day. They're not mm-hmm. hosting family dinners every single week. Well, they might. I'm not going to family dinners every single week. But on a night when I could have felt incredibly lonely, she thought, it's actually not weird to invite Liz. We're going to invite Liz. And I like that's just like one example where the like reality that we're not that different yep. like shows a lot of love to someone who honestly like maybe would have ordered chilies because it was a special night and eaten the salsa at home. <laughs> and instead got like a home cooked meal because she like thought of. I think that's important. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the most, I don't have a specific story, but I think it's that times where they just think about you yeah, uh, and understand that it might, your emotions might be different than theirs in that moment. So, you know, and inviting them in you into whether it's family dinner or whether it's, you know, I'm going to carve out some time that we can, we can just go out together or, mm-hmm. you know, those types of things just to, just to be thought of. I yeah. think those moments. And there's when- something about getting to know and then on both ends, on both sides of the mm-hmm. spectrum, getting to know and then saying, how can I meet you in the middle? Mm-hmm. I think what I have going is time and flexibility. So I can stay up late. I can drink coffee early. Like there's no one waking me up in the a.m. So like, I'm like, what time do you need me to be there? Mm-hmm. I just have those two things going. And so whatever they're bringing to the table to say, I can make that work mm-hmm. or let's do it. Like to be thought of and then loved well through the process. I don't want to be an add on. Mm-hmm. Just just yes. include. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing not to be an add on to be yeah. intentionally thought about. Yeah. Which I think goes back to the third part of that or of how how I have loved or I try to love married friends mm-hmm. well. And I think that's where saying, you know, I have a friend who we intentionally like we do not leave our time together each month without planning the next one. And that was something that we both have committed to. And now depending like this last month, it didn't work. And Mm -hmm. so we kind of needed to push it back and there's that flexibility in there. And so, but I think that that's intentionality on both of our ends to say, if we don't, it's not going to happen. Yep. And so Mm -hmm. to say, we're not going to leave until it's on the calendar. Yep. But then also having the understanding where like, she was like, I can't. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Like we will, you know, and so also understanding that there's times that she has a family and she needs to invest in them or, you know, life does get busy and just giving grace in those moments and not taking it personally Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. offensively. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the downsides maybe I've seen to singleness is that it's easy to become stuck in your ways because there's just that's my worst fear yeah and same just to say like what does it look like to not and to live in flexibility and to be more like clay than a stone and say Mm -hmm. I we can ebb and flow in this is just important I think one of the ways I try to love my married friends well in the current season I'm in is also like loving their kids. Yes. And I feel like that's new. Like I've never really been in a season where some of my friends have had young kids and there definitely is like the weird, I don't have any would love some, but once you heard all that and like allow the Lord to like work, there's so much joy in like seeing some of my littles be like, Liz, Liz, Liz. And you're like, oh, yes. is, I love I that. Is. So, <laughs> L's are hard. So I understand. Um, but yeah, like to love their children well has yeah. been really fun yeah. and different. I didn't expect that. So yeah. I once heard somebody say in answer to this question, like married friends, how can you love me? Well, just let me into your family. Just mm-hmm. invite me in. And, and isn't that what you said, Liz, is true discipleship? Yes. And 
we just see discipleship in scripture as this like, come along, like just come along Mm -hmm. as I'm doing life, come along as I teach you these things. We see Jesus model that so well in the disciples as they're doing life with him. And I think when we look at what it looks like to say, hey, I want to invite you in and then pursue life in Christ, right, together as we're going, that's when these discipleship moments happen that are so unexpected where you're like, oh, I I needed to hear that. I needed to hear what God taught you in the midst of your kids running around, of you cooking dinner, of me cleaning up a spill, whatever it is, that I just think there's just something really incredibly cool about the God we serve, that yeah. he's like in the midst of you doing life with one another. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pursue you closer to me. Yeah. Just that whole like lived out image of iron sharpening iron mm-hmm. and saying, no, as we're going, mm-hmm. I'm going to pull you in. Mm-hmm. And if we only did life separate, like if there was a married pile over here and a single and you like left those lanes too very distinct, I think we'd miss out on the goodness of God. Yep. And we'd only see like half of who he was. And yep. when we mix together, we learn from one another and the picture of God becomes a little bit more fleshed out for us. And I, that's so important that our view of God isn't skewed by only keeping company that looks like us. Yeah. I feel like you're both teaching all of us just about how to relate to others, whether <laughs> whether we're single or not, because how easy is it to call up a friend and say, hey, I'm going to run errands today. Right. Uh, do you want to just tag along with me? No matter what season of life you're in, it is that is such a practical, easy way to get to know people and to live life alongside them. So, and we all need to go grocery shopping. Exactly. So why don't we just line it up? Yes. So that way it's not as boring. Amen. As it was. Yes. Yes. Well, before we close, is there anything we didn't talk about that you wanted to say? Uh, always, right? <laughs> don't I always have words? <laughs> I just think. One of the things I've truly loved about the season of singleness I'm in is allowing me to see the goodness of God mm-hmm. in it. Mm. And that wasn't always the case because I'm probably not alone in that. Like sometimes you just get in a season and it gets dark and you're like, mm-hmm. really? How are you good? Yeah. And to see him time and time again say, I am. Like here's mm. all the things I've said yes to over the years I am not defined by this one, not now. And Mm -hmm. that's just been really helpful for me to remember that he's still good in all of this, even when I can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually, so knowing we're going to talk about singleness, I was thinking about (laughs) kind of where I've come Mm -hmm. and kind of went back to, and I've realized like, thank you for this conversation because it was like, wow, God's faithfulness. Yeah. Is was so evident in my life in those from you know early singleness out you know when expectations were being burst um, <laughs> to when your graduation degree looked a little a different, little different <laughs> um, to where I am now saying the desire hasn't changed yeah but. I now know who I am in Christ. Yeah. And that didn't change from right. <laughs> before, right. but I think it was shadowed by the expectation of what I thought life would look like. Mm-hmm. And that was wrapped up in marriage where I've seen God show up in ways that I'm not sure I would have seen mm-hmm. before. I can't speak 
to being <laughs> married because I'm not. But yeah, I think Liz, we, you know, we've just mentioned the goodness of God mm-hmm. um, so much in this conversation. And I think that being where I am now, looking back, I can truly say God was, God is good. Mm-hmm. Did it go without hard moments? No, there was hard moments, but there was also really good moments as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I look back and I'm like, I just don't know if I would have been here. Mm-hmm. And this yeah. is an incredibly sweet season. Yeah. And in thinking for today's conversation, I was like, oh, I, I like almost started crying in my office. It was fine. But he's like, <laughs> I, I love this season. Yeah. And that I don't I don't know. Like, I don't know where I would have been. And so to know that like this season is because so far the answer has been no. It like I'm like, okay, God. Do with me what you want because yeah. you've been faithful yeah, mm-hmm. in and out of every season. So I'm going to trust in you more yeah. and more. Yeah. So my last question for you is what is God teaching you right now? And where have you seen his faithfulness in this season of your life? So we're in James for the fall. That's what women's Bible study will be in. So I'm just in the thick of the prep work and everything and the verse in James that just always keeps coming back to me for some reason right now is uh, James 1 19 which says know this my beloved brothers let every person be quick to hear slow to speak slow to anger for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God and then it, it goes on and I think God is just teaching me what does it look like to be marked by quick to hear slow to speak and slow to anger mm. And even in the context of relationship, like single 20-ish Liz was not good at these things. She was mm. like quick to speak, might have heard you, maybe at least every like third word and was usually on the defensive because she felt like singleness was this burden that she was carrying. And mm. so if you weren't carrying it, you didn't get to speak into my life. Right. And now years later to see... God's faithfulness and saying like, this isn't actually a burden. Like it just is a thing. And Mm -hmm. so walk freely in it. Yeah. And this is who I'm calling you to be is someone who listens readily, who welcomes people in, like we talked about earlier and like sits with them, no matter the like joy or sorrow and is slow to speak and slow to anger where defensiveness lies so deep and joy is what like is at the top. It's just, what he's teaching me in this season. And I'm really thankful to know that like him teaching us things doesn't stop dependent on our season. And right. that like, I can look back and be like, God, you've brought me so far. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see where you're going to take me in the next 10 years. And that excitement does not hinge on some yeses to prayers. It hinges on getting there and looking back and being like, look at what you did. Praise yep. the Lord. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I appreciated the the part of when you were saying you looked at singleness as the burden that you mm. were bearing. Mm. Um, and I think that that has been something too that is easy to look to say like, I am bearing this burden, yeah. but it's, it's not a burden. So I think Psalms 91, one where it talks about resting in the shadow um, of the Almighty mm. is is currently where I'm sitting. I think with singleness and and just with life in general, sitting and knowing who God is, mm. no matter what 
your day may look like, whatever is the current challenge that you're going through, but simply resting in who he is, Mm -hmm. that he's a God that never changes. He's the God that is faithful. He's a God that is good and just resting in that and knowing that he loves you, the steadfast love that we've also talked about, that his love doesn't change. Yeah. And, but with that resting of who he is, but then also being active, you Mm -hmm. know, right away, kind of thinking of Micah 6, 8 of just saying, you know, to, to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. We're called single, married, marital status doesn't change what the Lord asks us to do. Mm -hmm. Um, He doesn't say when you're married. I mean, there are, there are parts of scripture that says certain things, but, um, but the great commission, doesn't the great happen. commission, absolutely not. The gospel doesn't change with your marital status. And there's and, something, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, it also doesn't change, you know, no matter what your circumstances are, that doesn't change. Right. I was thinking when you said the Psalms passage about sitting in the shadows, there's something about when we're in his shadow, we're no longer reflecting ourselves, but mm-hmm. we're reflecting him. And just that imagery is so sweet, no matter the season of life. So as you were talking, I was like, what does it look like to position ourselves in his shadows? Yeah, mm-hmm. Because when we're there, that's where he wants us to be. Mm-hmm. And there's just something really sweet about that. Yes. Well, thank you both. I know that this topic can be hard to talk about and for some a little awkward. Yeah. And so I just appreciate both of you for your honesty and your boldness and your vulnerability in talking about this. And as I said earlier, I think that you have taught all of us so much about what it means to be in healthy relationships, no matter like you said, Carrie, what our relational status is. So we all can relate well to one another and we know that our God is not going to change no matter what our status is. So thank you for sharing your stories and your hearts with us today and for your willingness to be here. Thank you. I left this conversation with Liz and Carrie so challenged and I hope you were too because the reality is no matter what season of life we find ourselves in, we're all called to discipleship. In other words, we're all called to relationship, to do life with other people and to encourage one another to pursue Jesus. And so I hope that as you heard parts of Liz and Carrie's stories, you were able to pull encouragement from the things that God has been teaching them along the way. As we continue to tell and hear stories that celebrate God's work, we want to hear your story. If you have a story that you feel the Lord is prompting you to share, you can fill out our story form at calvarychurch.org slash share a story. We would love to celebrate the work that God is doing in and around you. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the Pursuing Life podcast so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Next week, we'll be jumping into the topic of friendship with Karis Darris. So I hope you'll meet us back here again on Monday. But until then, have a great week.